BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Jason and I have actually been playing football together since we were little kids, and he was always better than me at everything. Um, in high school, he was an honor student, and I got kicked off the team because I failed French. And English, too, but French sounds way better. Uh, and then when we were in college, uh, I actually got kicked off the team because I tested positive for marijuana. So it just goes to show you, if you smoke weed and you're bad at school, you can win the Super Bowl twice. Well, if that's the test, where are Chris Sims' Super Bowl rings? That's what I want to know. Where's Chris Sims? I also want to know that. Where is he? He didn't show up today. How about that? What what nerve the guy has after a three-day weekend. It's Monday. How many people drag their asses out of bed on Monday morning and go to work? But not Chris. He decided he was going to take the day off. He didn't even give a reason. He just didn't show up. Can you believe that? He just didn't show up. You're going to have to get to the bottom of this. May have to take action, disciplinary action, escalating discipline, as they say in the corporate world. Maybe we'll just go straight to suspension, send him home for a while, let him contemplate his actions while he smokes weed and fails French. Actually, he's here. I wanted to draw it out a little bit more because I figure he can hear me. He's probably getting pissed off. Although he otherwise would be very calm when there's any type of technical issue. And it's funny because the day not that long ago when I was having a technical issue that was not any fault of mine, and he went without me. I remembered that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. And I thought to myself, you know what? One of these days, the shoe's going to be on the other foot, and I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it. So while we wait for Chris <laughs> to join us, because I think the issue is he can't hear. Also, that really takes some of the fun out of this. He can't hear me. See, I can hear him, but he can't hear me. So really, I can say all sorts of other stuff about him that he'll never know about because he doesn't go back and watch the show in an effort to improve his performance. Are you kidding me? His performance hasn't improved in five years. I can just keep this going all day. Hopefully, I get to keep it going all day. Travis Kelsey on Saturday Night Live, I thought was really good. Now, look, anyone who hosts that show 
is always at the mercy of the writers. And some weeks it's funny and some weeks it's not. And some and they structure the show in a way that recognizes basically after Weekend Update, that's kind of where we put all the stuff that we're not all that sure about. You know, the sketches they really like make it pre-weekend update. It's hard to hard to have, you know, these three to five minute comedy ideas and flesh them all out and make them funny 90 minutes at a crack, three weeks in a row. It's difficult. So it comes down to the quality of the writing you're given and then what you do with it. And I thought he did a great job. I thought he showed that he's a natural. I think he can get into acting. I don't know whether he could be like in action movies or comedies or whatever. I mean, he's kind of a big guy, but he's kind of naturally funny, and he seemed to do a good job delivering his lines. Well, I'm told that Chris has finally showed up for work. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, been here for work. Did, did yeah. you? Oh, and somebody, somebody just somebody just ran behind you. Well, yeah, we, we uh, had some technical difficulties, so we we managed to make this work somehow, some way, and we're we're going digital good. here right now. But uh, I know I'm mad. I didn't what, get to see it? the opening. I didn't get to see. Like anything about Travis Kelsey, so it, I wanted to see that. It wasn't. It wasn't just earwax. No, it, it was not earwax. earwax. No, no, sorry. Yeah, that's not a normal problem here. No, there was a problem with the connection, and I don't know what the hell it is. It's technology. It's the worst and most horrible thing altogether, all at once. I can't stand it. So, you're the anti Kip from Napoleon Dynamite, who loved technology so much he worked it into his wedding song. You hate technology. You're like you're like Ted Kaczynski. You're the Ted Kaczynski of the show. You know who Ted Kaczynski is? I I feel like. Is that the who is Ted Kaczynski? Is that the Unabomber? What the heck is the Ted Kaczynski? Who hey, well done, <laughs> well done. I figured since he had nothing to do with the Kennedy assassination, as far as we know, you wouldn't know who he is. But well done. Thank you Boom. very much. You got that one right. All right. And and here's your prize. Here's your prize. Even though the audience that tuned in at the top of the show actually got to see it, and they're going to have to see it again. You get to see and hear what Travis Kelsey said in his monologue that we decided to lead the show with. Here it is. Jason and I have actually been playing football together since we were little kids, and he was always better than me at everything. Um, in high school, he was an honor student, and I got kicked off the team because I failed French. And English, too, but French sounds way better. Uh, and then when we were in college, uh, I actually got kicked off the team because I tested positive for marijuana. So it just goes to show you, if you smoke weed and you're bad at school, you can win the Super Bowl twice. Hey! Wow, I like hey, that. Hey, good morning. It's a Monday edition what of the Live. And my question was, my question was, when we played that five minutes ago and you weren't with us, where are your two Super Bowl rings yeah. if that's the standard? Seriously, I mean, I should have 10 Super Bowl rings if that's the standard. I mean, if that's what we're talking about here, I'm one of the lead, the, the world leaders. Uh, that, I, that's funny to hear him talk about that. We've come a long way in that department, but that's cool that he brings that up. And, yeah, I kind of knew he had had a, a few little troubles along the way. He wasn't exactly, you know, your choir boy in, in uh, high school and college, but he certainly overcame them and is in a good spot now. What I want to know, like, we, we're just not as cool as him. I mean, can we bring that picture up again? Because the suit I love, the look I love, I, I, whatever the hell that is down by his crotch, though, I don't know. If that's cool, then I am never going to be cool. It's like they cut off part of his sleeve that was like, hey, we made some alterations to your suit. 
and your sleeve was a little long, so we cut him off, and we're going to put him right here. Well, he's the man in fashion, so this is probably above me, but I, I don't know if I'm going to ever be sporting that look right there. Well, well, first of all, you know, props to the double-breasted jacket. I never know when they're in and yeah. when they're out. Maybe they're in, which means in about five years, it'll be cool for me to wear it on football night in America. But I used to love a good Italian double-breasted suit. But when you look closely, it is two sleeves with the four buttons on there. He's got two extra sleeves. Like when they give you extra buttons when you buy a suit, they sew them into the waistline. Like, did they give this guy extra sleeves and just sew them into the jacket? And it creates like a loincloth effect. Like, I want to know at what point it went from accidental to, let's just go with this. I kind of like how this looks. And maybe he's trying to start a new trend, or chances are the trend's already out there. Yeah, that's right. he's just following it, and we're clueless. We're clueless. This was the moment the trend of wearing two jackets that dangle over your junk became mainstream. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're just clueless. I think this is kind of like something that I, I feel like I've kind of seen it in fashion circles. My wife's kind of into that stuff to where... Yeah, it's just, it's never going to make it to my closet. But hey, you're Travis Kelsey. You know, he's in style right now. I mean, in the moment, it doesn't get any better from him. He's got money flowing through the bank account. Everybody knows who he is. He's world famous. He could pull this off. But uh, yeah, that ain't that ain't happening in my wardrobe. Definitely not. And uh, yeah, that's I'm a little too classical to ever go down that 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 road right there with being too cool. I watched the whole show yesterday while I was working out, and then my wife and I watched some of it last night. She was curious about it because my son and I were talking about it because it's rare that someone you actually know hosts Saturday Night Live. And this is a guy that I've interviewed. He falls into the category of more times than I can remember. I've met him multiple times. My son and I met him just at the entrance of the Mall of America five years ago, and he was really nice to my son, and that always. Look, if you want to score points with someone, be really nice to their kids because that always goes over well with mom or dad, and Travis was really nice to my son, and we talked to him for a little while, and and so it's just weird. So so my wife heard my son and I talking about it, so she was curious to see how he did, and she, she thought he was funny. She thought he was good, and she thought it was nice the moment. There's a moment right at the end of the monologue where he gets choked up because he understands the magnitude of where he is and where he's come from and 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 he's just yeah i think he's just got that very strong solid grounding he's never gonna forget where he started and i think that appreciate helps him appreciate even more where he now is yeah and that came through and everything he did and he and he had enthusiasm for what he did and i think it added to his performance i I thought i thought he was really good i really i really i I didn't get to watch those snl snobs out there that want to look down their nose and it finds find fault with any performance i i and again as i said earlier it, it does tail off after weekend update and that's kind of baked into the formula but but I thought he was really good. Uh, I, I'm not shocked to hear that. I, I mean, uh, having been around Travis Kelsey a, a few times in my life, he's full of personality, certainly not afraid to speak his mind a little bit and be silly. He's extremely quick-witted, so uh, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that. I didn't get to catch it. Uh, I was kind of uh, hanging out with the Jersey family on Saturday and then was kind of driving home during the start of the show. So I didn't get to uh, really digest it, but I'm hoping to catch a few clips here today at some point. 
Damn, that's a late night for you. Yeah, late wow. night. You Driving know? home at 30? Yeah. Is that gotta... safe for you? Well, it is. it was safe. It was all I right. Mean, I'm ta- and I'm not talking about the surroundings. I'm talking about you because I know what you do before 1130. I mean, where you, you know, I, I don't, you know. <laughs> well, that's sometimes why you have a wife that can drive the car, right? I mean, that's, that's, what, there you that's go. what they're there or, for. Or a Tesla that can drive itself. <laughs> yeah, I've yet to do that. I've yet to do it. As much as my, my car can do it. I don't trust it, and I like driving, so I don't know. I'm not going there in that department. It's too fun to drive. I like the way that thing accelerates, and I have fun in it. But, yeah, it was a late night. We hung out with the um, you know, the big effer and Dirty Diana and the rest of the crew. We were playing cards till about you know, 11.15, 11.20 at night, hopped in the car, got home around midnight. It was one of those kind of nights. What what card games were you playing? Uh, Blitz was the game of the night this week. You, you know Blitz? Are you familiar with that? It's a three card game where it's just it's simple. It's like it's basically uh, lo, low man loses. You try to have the same suit, and it's just the highest number. But it's it's really the lowest guy gets knocked out. So the real goal is to not be the lowest person, right? If that explained it, I hope uh, somewhat well there. It didn't, yeah. Uh, but it's not a shock to me that a family of quarterbacks would play a card game named Blitz. So, <laughs> seriously, uh, seriously. It's the first time I've ever heard of that as a card game. <laughs> All right, um, so uh, check it out. And he did have a, 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 another funny line in his monologue, and, and I'll mention this in honor of the fact that we're here on Peacock and Sirius XM 85 and Sky Sports NFL, but primarily Peacock. He showed a clip from a dating show that he once had, and I, if I knew about it, I'd forgotten about it. And he, he played a clip, and... God, he looked a lot different. I don't know how long ago it was, but he looked a lot different. And after that, he said the show is owned by NBC Universal, which means it could stream on Peacock. But Peacock said, "Now nah, we're good." <laughs> and then it's just like eh, eh, we don't we don't need to add that one to our selection of uh, of offerings for anyone out there that may want to check it out. So uh, check out Saturday Night Live on Peacock if you haven't. It. It's one of the many offerings available. Catching Kelsey isn't. Saturday Night Live featuring Travis Kelsey is. All right, let's get to it. Scouting Combine. It's like it never even happened, isn't it? Like, it's here and then it's gone. And I know it's a week, but it's just like, it's just gone now. It's, and everybody's back into their natural habitat, and we continue the push toward free agency and then the draft after that. Alarming number of coaches didn't go. I think the NFL needs to be concerned about that, especially if it's going to move it to Vegas or Los Angeles because I think more coaches won't go if it becomes less convenient than it already is. But uh, it, it's still, you know, it was a fun event. We had a good time there. We, we missed out on the quarterbacks. They were there Friday. But the quarterbacks, as they always do, Chris, they put on a show and they continue to be every year. They're the focal point because there's going to be one, chances are, that that becomes in the conversation for one of the best in the NFL. And that guy could end up being a champion. He could be, end up being a Hall of Famer. He could end up being a guy that wows us. You know, we're always looking for that next big thing. And when the bar is Patrick Mahomes, it's going to take a pretty big name and a big performance to even come close to what we're used to from Mahomes. Yeah, well, we're always excited, right, for the potential of the class, especially the quarterback position. And I think we got a few guys in this one that have some special traits to where you go, well, I don't know, maybe we could get a 
a guy that's a top five-ish type of quarterback in this NFL draft. I mean, yeah, is it going to be Patrick Mahomes or that? I don't know. Again, we're, you and I agree. Patrick Mahomes is already in the special Deion Sanders room of the Hall of Fame. So that that's hard to accomplish. You know, uh, that, that's every so often that comes around. But, I mean, you said it right, Mike. The Combine's a great experience. It doesn't need, it doesn't need the coaches there other than, hey, it's cool to put them on TV during the telecast, right? But it's still useful, as we know. It's still the number one spot to go make sure all the players get their met, go through their medical process and the NFL can all get that in one place to make it convenient for the, uh, the teams and, and make it best for the players, really, that way as well, instead of being in a bunch of different places and being pulled by a whole bunch of different doctors. Is your knee okay? Is your shoulder okay? But, yeah, it was an exciting weekend. I mean, first off, it started with Thursday night, Mike, and before we dive into the quarterbacks, Thursday night was the night. The DNs, right? I know we're going to talk about the quarterbacks had some special performances, but that was when I went like, whoa. I had heard the DNs were kind of special in this group, didn't know they were to that extent. I mean, it was one freak show after another. It was one 265-pound guy that ran 4-5 or ran high 4-4, and that, to me, when I was like, whoa, okay, it's combine time. Kicked it off with Nolan Smith, right, the Georgia uh, linebacker. Freak show, did things that we haven't really seen anybody do at that size, at that position. So that was cool to see. And then, of course, you know, the quarterbacks throwing on Saturday was was always the marquee part of the week. And uh, it was impressive. I think we got a lot to talk about and digest about the, the workout. Well, and one of the realities of the combine, too, we finally get away from whatever rounding up or rounding down happens in the official program. And look, that's been around as long as football has been around. You look at the height and weight and high school, college level, you always wonder, is a little extra being added or is a little being taken off the top? If sure. It's a, 320 pound lineman maybe we'll round it down to 295 and if it's a five foot nine inch quarterback maybe we'll round it up to six two whoa so Bryce Young and we already yeah. we already knew he was going to be under we already right. knew he's going to be under six feet right right the question was what was the official measurement going to be and that came in on Friday 510 and one eighth inch 204 pounds now look I always feel pretty good anytime one of these quarterbacks is shorter than me Although I don't know that that is something you'd want to put at the top of the resume if you're trying to get a team to draft you. And we've seen the pendulum go back and forth on the shorter quarterback. Between Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, that set the stage for Kyler Murray to be the number one overall pick in 2019. And I remember we talked about it at the time. There was an era in football when you never, ever, 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 ever would have drafted a quarterback that high who was that short. And even now, Chris, something you've talked about when we discuss options for Kyler Murray if the Cardinals would ever move on there would be teams out there that want nothing to do with him they want nothing to do with a quarterback that size and that's going to be one of the realities for Bryce Young someone is going to want him badly but there will be plenty of teams that just take him off the list right away because he's the same height as Kyler Murray and actually was three pounds lighter the only difference from a from a positive perspective hand size a quarter inch bigger uh, and, uh, you know, so basically, basically, he is another Kyler Murray, even though he's never really been framed that way yeah. in his college career. He's he's the same size. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, there, there's again, it's not an end all be all right. We've had this conversation with coaches at the combine last week and we've had it, you know, a number of times over the last few year few years, it's not a deal breaker. 
especially with the way, you know, NFL offenses as creative as they are, like we talked about, the quarterback being protected, right? That allows guys that are smaller to, yeah, be able to hang in there a little bit more. But it doesn't mean there doesn't come with obstacles. I mean, hey, Drew Brees, there was obstacles as great as he was. There was obstacles. And he's a lot bigger man than, than Bryce Young when we're talking about here. You know, same with Russell Wilson. I mean, again, we've, we've had moments when Russell Wilson was in Seattle and this year itself in Denver, his first year. Hey, doesn't throw the ball over the middle that well. Doesn't see over the middle, right? It has to be a size factor, you know. Also wants to protect the ball, I'm sure. But, yeah, seeing across the middle, there's a hard problem. Tua, you know, again, you know, size, not being able to throw over people in those same lines, not always seeing over the middle of the field. And then, of course, the injury risk that goes with it. And then the guy that everybody's comparing him to, Kyler Murray, I get it. But, like, here's the thing that, like, is different to me. I mean, Kyler Murray's got three rockets up his ass. That's where it's different. So, yeah, those measurables, again, they're not going to scare me off. But for a guy where I look at it and go, as we said last week, and you heard me say this, Mike, he's kind of a natural at the position, but there's not one thing I look at to go, oh, wow, he's really great at that, right? He can play, right? But, yeah, he's not super fast, and I would bet you, Mike, a 204 pounds and a guy who didn't run at the combine and did all that, he weighs significantly less than that in the meat and potatoes of the regular season, right? I bet you he goes around the mid-190s to one so, or low 190s. So, you know, those are things to digest, and these teams are going to have to figure out how comfortable they are with a, a quarterback that's that small, not crazy fast, and in the light of Tua, what we've seen over the last year, that's all going to play, I think, into this situation a little bit. Great point, too. If you're not big enough to protect yourself, there's an even greater premium on getting rid of the football, learning how to fall, not having your head hit the ground, and that's one of the things we pointed out. You take a 6'5 guy, you throw him down, he's less likely to have his head strike the turf. A smaller guy, the physics are not in his favor. And I kind of like your take here, if I understand what you're saying. Basically, by not working out at the combine, it allowed him to sit around and eat briskets and exactly. drink milkshakes and get exactly. to 204. And now he'll lose it. Right. He'll lose it so he can have a good pro day workout and they won't weigh him again. What, and, and I don't if – I, if I ever knew, I forgot. What's the protocol – at the pro day, they, and the scouts show up and say, "We want you to get back on the scale." Yeah, they've done that before, but there's been t players that have declined too. So it, it's kind of on the player; he doesn't have to. But I, that would be something, Mike. That would certainly, I, if I was a, a team looking for a quarterback here, I'd go, "Wait, oh, you're going to run your forty today? Well, let me let me weigh you in today. Let me see what you're going to weigh." Because yes, you're you're exactly right. You know, I saw that with quarterbacks when I was coming out. You know, hey, they're 2.30 on the day they weigh in or some other time, but then they go and work out in a pro day, you know, a, a month later, and they're 10 pounds lighter because of that. Uh, that's that's a, a trick as old as time there. But, yeah, it's something to weigh, uh, and I didn't mean to mean that literally, but it, when you talk about, you know, this, this little aspect with Bryce Young, who is certainly, I'm sure, trying to beef up, to your point, to make sure the numbers look good and – I'm 5'10 and an eighth, but I'm over 200 pounds, so that takes the sting away a little bit. If it was 5'10 and an eighth and you were 190, everybody would be going, oh, wow, and I think you'd be even making a bigger deal about it, honestly. 
You know, it's funny. This conversation reminds me. I think it is from Jeff Perlman's Football for a Buck regarding a certain notorious former USFL owner who was picking between quarterbacks, really wanted Doug Flutie. And I think the other option was Randall Cunningham. And what the coaching staff did is they brought in two guys. One was Flutie's size and one was Cunningham's size, just so this certain notorious owner could see with his own eyes what it looks like by way of physical difference between those two individuals. And Chris, you and I could do that anytime we're together. I'm Bryce Young and your prototypical NFL quarterback, and the size difference is massive. It is. I've, I've, I've come to terms with it. I accept it. It's not like I can do anything about it at this point. Can't grow three inches like Mike McDaniel claimed he did in, in a year during his rollicking visit with us last week. So, you know, that, that's, what, that's what you're dealing with. And when you, when you are out there among the sequoias who are on a football field, that's right. it, is, it is stunning when you see a guy who's as big as the offensive lineman or a guy who looks like, you know, it was bring your son to work day for the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're saying it right. And, yeah, it, and, again, it's not that it can't be done with Bryce Young. But, you know, as we're saying, and, and as I'm just diving in here, too, I just have a little baseline feel for all these guys. But, you know, yeah, at a base level, before I dive in, does Bryce Young and his measurables scare me? Certainly. And then you look at it and go, yeah, wait, he moves around the pocket, and I know he can run and get first downs, but it's not like we're lo- talking about him as like a running quarterback. So size is a skill. You know, we talk about this a lot, right? The reason Brady was able to hang in there with people dragging, trying to drag him down and hands in his face and on his shoulder all these years, he's a big human being. You know, long arms, square shoulders, big hands. It allows him to not have to apply as much force to throw a 20-yard out route. Bryce Young's not going to be afforded those luxuries. But, you know, he does have a good arm. He can certainly make all the throws. He sees the field really well. He's very smart. That, that comes through when you watch him play. He does all the other things. Mike anticipates people coming out of the break, right? He does move well, well in the pocket, around well, but, you know, Again, this is the number one pick in the draft people are talking about, and it's 5'10", 1'8", and it's probably not even 200 pounds when the real season starts. Uh, so that's what's going to be interesting, and I, you know, I would think it's going to scare some people off, but you know, other people aren't going to really care like we've talked about, and they're just going to look at the player and go from there. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. After we left Indianapolis, Peter King arrived. Here he is from Friday morning talking to Bryce Young with Young specifically addressing his size or lack thereof. I've been this size my whole life. I definitely didn't shrink any time recently. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with, with myself. You know, I, I'm confident in my, my abilities. I know what I can do. And, you know, again, I, there's, you know, there's stuff that's out of my control. Um, but, you know, at the same time, again, I, I know myself. Um, I feel like I played at a, at a um, you know, in, in the highest conference in the college level. And, you know, I think that's, that's prepared me. So, um, you know, I'm super excited for this next challenge. Obviously, it's going to take a lot of hard work. Um, but, you know, it's something I'm ready for and I'm excited for. Is there anything about you that would watch a guy like Drew Brees or Russell Wilson and say, I mean, Drew Brees throw for more yards than anybody in history other than Tom Brady. If he can do it, I can do it. Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, there's a lot of people that have paved the way, um, you know, for, for, for smaller quarterbacks, a lot of people that have done it at a really high level. And, you know, those are guys that, those are guys that have definitely inspired me a lot growing up, um, you know, guys I, I look up to. And, um, you know, I, I have so much respect for guys like that. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I don't think their success necessarily entitles me to anything, but uh, again, it, it's a good source of inspiration for me. And you know, again, I, I know I have to to work. It's, it's going to take a lot of work, a, a lot of dedication. But you know, there's nothing I'd rather be doing. Look, those are all the right things that need to be said, and that's part of what the scouting combine is. When guys talk, they they always say the right things. It's only noteworthy when somebody says all the wrong things, and it rarely ever happens. I think Vontez Perfect was the last one who showed up at the Combine and said all the wrong things. So, Chris, you know, I, I, I was reminded of Deshaun Watson's ascension from college to the NFL because he had a lot of interceptions right. at Clemson, and that was one of the concerns because if you throw a lot of interceptions at the college level, it's not going to get any better at the NFL level when the window gets narrower. But... That was when Watson elevated his game. The window got narrower, and he fit the ball in the more narrow window. That's where Bryce Young's going to have to be a difference maker. You're going to have to be even more accurate than you've always been. Yes, you've competed successfully at the highest level of college football. That's still fundamentally different from where you are heading, and it's always better to be heading to that next level bigger than not. It's not a disqualifying factor, but it's a factor, and now we know the numbers, and now we we just go forward with the process. He could, he still could be the number one overall pick. Yeah, he still could be, but but these are part of the questions, and whoever would trade up now to get him, because that's something that came through clearly in today's Football Morning in America. Peter King speaking to Ryan Poles, the Bears GM. He's trading that pick. The question is when and to whom. Right. Somebody comes up to get him. You're putting even more pressure on him to be the guy. And, uh, you know, it, yeah. it all falls into the we'll see category. Yeah, the we'll see category is right. I'm, I'm excited to dive into these guys really this week. I start today. I really do. And where I really will dive in and start to really, you know, dissect them and all that. And, yeah, gonna you know, yeah, most likely we're going to have action at number one. You know, but 
I mean, I, I don't think like I think everybody's taking like, oh, it's guaranteed that number one will be Bryce Young. I, I don't know. I don't feel like that sitting here as of right now, knowing the NFL, knowing these other guys that are you know available in the draft at the quarterback position. I think there could be some some real competition, you know, for this number one spot certainly. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see with Bryce Young. Like you said, you can do it. You can certainly play at this level. I do think you need a certain you know offense and offensive line to make it work, make that smaller guy feel comfortable. He had that at Alabama. See, you get to see it in Alabama, right? But like you said, it's the NFL. It's different. You know, he's no longer going to be on the team with the best offensive line and the best team on the field, except for when you play Georgia, right? I mean, that's Alabama. They're the best team on the field. Other than when they play Georgia, now it's a coin flip. Other than that. So, you know, and then that in itself, yeah, okay. In a lot of games, and again, it's still college football. Offensive line's really good. It opens up big passing lanes. And as you know, the NFL can be a little different that way. There's not always going to be huge passing lanes. There might be two or three big D tackles right over the center and two guards, and they just push people up in your face like we saw Dexter Lawrence do your Kirk Cousins at the end of the football game. There's nothing that can do there. That's where size is important. So, you know, these are the things that will be really uh, cool factors and fun for us to talk about over the next five, six weeks and you know, hey, let's hit on some of these other quarterbacks too, because they certainly were really interesting That's during where this we're going. whole process. We're t- t- talk, talking about size. Anthony Richardson from Florida, six four, two hundred and forty plus pounds. No milkshakes needed for him to get well north of two hundred. And some of the performances for him noteworthy: the ten uh, foot nine inch broad jump, forty and a half inch vertical, the most ever for a quarterback in the history of the scouting combine. 10 feet, 9 inches broad, 40.5 straight up in the air, a 4-4-3-40 impressive performance by a guy who I think, I just think that this is like the eye-opener. This was the wow. This was the, you know, we know where the quarterback position has gone in the NFL. You want a guy who can run the play that's been called, and if the play that's called goes to hell, he can just make something happen. And with that size and that speed and that athleticism, Anthony Richardson is the guy who, if the play that's called doesn't work, Chris, I have a feeling he's going to make something happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think that's very true to say. I mean, first off, let's give it more some love here. What we saw there on Saturday, him working out, that, that was insane. I mean, for a quarterback... I mean, you put the numbers up against Cam Newton. He makes Cam Newton look like it was some average athlete. Like, oh, oh, that was just Cam. No big deal about that guy. What? I mean, that's insane. Cam Newton's one of the greatest physical specimen athletes we've ever seen in the history of football at the quarterback position or in general. You know, what Anthony Richardson did on Saturday, forget quarterback. I mean, this is like top-tier pass rusher number. These are Micah Parsons numbers, you know, and he's playing quarterback. It's the same size. It's it's explosive. You know the ability to jump, the ability to get out of the box, and you know the the ten yard split. Everything was off the charts good. And you're right. Hey, it, it's there. There's a rawness about his game, right? Yeah, he can make it all happen. Learning to play in the pocket, being a little more accurate throwing the football. Those are things he's going to have to work on. But when you just talk about, hey, let's run some sort of, you know, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts type of offense, pull guards, quarterback design runs. 
Yeah, he's going to be made for that, and he's going to be and he's going to flourish. And then, like we were talking about with Justin Fields, it buys them the time to continue to get polished as a passer and get better. It's just how raw is he? You know, he's pretty raw. He's games, Mike, where I would tell people and go, man, this Richardson kid, I was telling people earlier this year in college football, wow, right? And then a few people would watch a game. I can't remember what it was earlier, and he didn't play well, and the ball was all over the place, and they go, oh, man, you like that guy? You know, so there's going to be some games that are wow and some games that are eh, but, you know, it's the potential of the player that I think excites you and me and everybody else that's watching football. Oh, oh it clearly excites me. I mean, of all these guys – He's the one that I'm most fascinated by because he's got the upside, and yeah. that's what you're looking for. You're looking for upside. And in a league where you've got maybe five teams that feel great about where they are at quarterback, let's go ahead and list since there's so few. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Chargers, am Jaguars, I missing anyone? Jaguars, Eagles. Eagles, Eagles. I'll take Eagles over Jaguars. I'm, I'm saying – so great, there's no question, we're not looking to upgrade, okay? I'll go those five, and maybe the Jaguars just on the Trevor's outside looking there. in. I don't yeah. want to disrespect Trevor Lawrence. Right, right, but, 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 but still, would we, I mean, if you, could, if you could take Mahomes right now over Trevor Lawrence, you'd take him. Then again, you take Mahomes over anybody exactly. right now, right. except maybe Josh Allen. But even then, I'd probably take, sorry, Josh, we love you. I'd probably take Patrick Mahomes. Right. But, um, but my, point, my point is this. You either have one of those guys... Or you don't. And when you just look at the raw facts of the guys that are in the conversation at the top, I'm most fascinated by the possibility that Richardson's going to be the guy. Because I think if he's the guy, he's spectacular and he's instantly on that list. If it works, he's on that list. If you can get a coach to harness and mold and shape and grow. And remember, it's not just draft, it's develop. It's on the team who gets him to get the most out of him. He's going to show up wanting to be as good as he can be. He's not going to show up resisting right. like a six-year-old kid who doesn't want to go to school. He wants to be great. If the coach can make him great, if they have great players around him, if you've got great ownership, if you've got great all the things you need to be great, if it works, he's going to be at that upper echelon or upper echelons as some would say the preferred alternative he's going to be there that's why i'm so excited about anthony Richardson. yeah I, I i get that i mean yeah he the way it looks he has a chance to be something special physically you know but but it, it it's it's going to be the other questions that will be the determining factors I I think anybody who's been paying attention to football knew or college football he's had knew like this guy had a chance to have a special workout on Saturday. Now it's going to be right. Can he go through reads in the pocket? You know, can he stay in the pocket when he has to? And you know, strike against certain coverages and make the appropriate throws. His arm is extremely gifted, Mike. Extremely. Look, I mean, you could see here. The way he can just flick the ball 15, 20, 30 yards, it's, it's, as, it's as effortless and as beautiful as it gets when he does it well. Now, the problem is, if we sat here and watched all the throws, we'd see a few where you'd go, well, damn, okay, nope, not even Megatron could get their hands on that one, right? So the ball sprays a little bit as far as accuracy. And uh, and so there's some things that you got to work on in that department. But, yeah, again, we talk about this every year, right? The first round, you know, it's about elite traits, and this guy has a number of elite traits. 
throughout the board, athletically, the arm, all that. And now it's just going to be, yeah, do you think you can get them to play the position the right way? And how long is that going to take? And I think those are the things that are going to affect his value as we uh, kind of continue to go through this draft process. And, you know, he's the kind of guy that you could take him and he is our quarterback and we're going to build everything around him like the Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson. The entire offense is going to flow from and through the skills and abilities of Anthony Richardson. And here he is from Friday on the fact that he views himself as a blend of Lamar Jackson and the guy that we compared him to earlier, Cam Newton. Here he is. Uh, growing up, it was always Cam Newton for me. Uh, but then when I got to high school, just seeing how dynamic Lamar was, uh, I tried to implement both of those guys uh, in my life. And uh, I started calling myself Cam Jackson in 11th grade, you know, <laughs> just trying to make big plays, you know. So uh, just Cam Newton and, and Lamar Jackson. I like it. I like it. Cam Jackson. And, uh, you know, it's it's exciting because of that ceiling. And we're always keeping our eyes out for the next great one. There aren't many. And I just feel like he could be one. And and it's it's not just up to him. It's up to what he has around him. Who's coaching him? Who's playing with him? Yep. Who's picking the players right that need to be developed around him? That that gets overlooked. And I'm telling you, Chris, we're inching toward the day where one of these elite quarterbacks realizes, I got plenty of money in the bank from NIL. I'm not going to a place where I believe I'm not going to get the best development that I can to become the ultimate physical quarterback, specimen, overall performer that I can be. Yeah, well, hey, whoever drafts them, they'll, they'll go all in on them. You know, again, will they be all in year one, you get to start and play? No, probably not, but I don't know. Again, when you're that gifted, you know, running the quarterback power, doing stuff like that, maybe that's what happens. But, you know, I think there is a learning curve. That That's that's for sure as far as just, hey, getting used to, you know, playing the game the NFL way. College, he, he's a unicorn. We know that, you know. And all his life he's been able to get away with, like, wait, nobody's open or the first guy's not open. I'm just going to run and make something happen. You know, it's kind of the gift and the curse that way. And he's been able to make something happen pretty much his whole life. So I, I don't fault him for that. But as you know and we know, right, yeah, the defenses are better. The defensive ends are better. They're going to corral you in the pocket a little bit more. You're not going to be able to just dominate all the time like it's the SEC or high school football. So there'll be an adjustment period there. But, man, how is it not – how do you not get intrigued? You know, we hit it last week at the Combine and then watching that again, you know, after the workout – you know, how can you not be excited about some of the things he can bring to the table for your football team? But yeah, one of the things I need to figure out as I dive in here, is it going to be realistic for him to actually do that year one? Or is it going to be like a year two type of thing? We need to have a bridge type quarterback. We'll see. But I'm extremely excited about the specimen of, of Richardson for sure. Well, I, I know that there's a, a person that is very close to me genetically who is excited by the possibility that that, uh, that Kirk Cousins is the guy that holds the spot for Anthony Richardson after after what my son saw from Anthony Richardson this weekend, he was furiously texting me um, uh, about the the hope that he now has that Anthony Richardson ends up playing in in purple. But uh, we'll see how that all plays out. C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, also had a great throwing performance he's deferred all of the other testing until his pro day workout but 
You know, Chris, uh, what what were your thoughts on C.J. Stroud throwing the football? I, I thought C.J. Stroud won the combine throwing the football. That, that's where, I mean, to me, there's nobody uh, th- that, you know, I know Richardson improved his stock greatly, but this was the best machine, the most talented thrower of the combine this weekend on Saturday. To me, it wasn't even close, really, from all aspects, too. Not just the look of the player, the way he dropped. He was the best dropping. You know, a lot of these guys don't know how to drop from underneath center because they've been in the shotgun. He was the best in that department. He really never lost control of a football throughout the whole workout. For me, Mike, you see his motion right here. It's very concise and and effortless and smooth. There's not a lot of moving parts to it, which allows you to emulate it time after time after time. To therefore, you become that machine that we talk about so often. Uh, so I was I was really blown away by C.J. Stratt. I liked what I saw on film, but I feel like I saw a guy that's got made himself even a little more polished from the end of the college season. He tweaked his motion just a little bit. And, yeah, it was just easier. And the way the ball popped out of his hands and to the control he had with it, I think C.J. Stroud's the guy to watch out for in this draft. I think he's the guy that's kind of just starting to reach his peak potential, grow into himself. You saw him run in that Georgia game. That became part of his game. It's something that you know he should have done more that I think we're going to see more of. So uh, I was I, C.J. Stroud won it for me at quarterback, Mike, as far as it comes to that throwing part of the process. And, you know, when you watch football your whole life, you pick up kind of instinctively those differences. Right. And the way that, that, that it's, you know, it's not quite Marino, but, man, he's got, it he's comes got up a very quick In and release. out, right? It's a quick release, right? It is. And you can see right even from those, Mike, just in the, the clips we showed, the ball doesn't wobble. He throws really a pretty perfect spiral. You know, does a lot of things that – you know, really lend to repetitive success throwing the football with his mechanics. I think that's what you're seeing. And that's why you're saying Marino, because it's just, it's quick, it's tight. There's not a lot of, it's not like a golfer who's got body parts moving everywhere. So he's in total control of his body and always in the right position. And between the way he looked, the way he carried himself, and throwing the football, yes. Uh, right now, I mean... You know, from what I've seen, yeah, C.J. Stroud's kind of been my my most favorite quarterback that I've seen at the early stages of this process, even just the little film that I've watched. And look, we're in an era of football where we love watching Patrick Mahomes run around and throw from every arm angle and every motion and with no fundamentals whatsoever because he's good enough to do it. The basic between the buoys quarterback rule is get rid of the ball quickly with minimal body movement, minimal arm movement. You don't want the defensive backs to know the ball is coming until it's already there. When you have those wasted movements, it gives the defensive back a little more time to process what's happening and get to the football. So the faster you get rid of the football, the better chance you have of only your guy catching it. It's that simple. And there are exceptions like Patrick Mahomes. But I think most coaches, you know, look, you still are going to throw from the pocket. Patrick Mahomes doesn't make every throw falling down, landing sideways, out of the pocket. You're going to make throws from within the pocket. And when you're in the pocket, you want that quick out that takes away that extra advantage the defensive back could have. And that's what I see from C.J. Stroud, the kind of efficiency and movement that, that will make coaches confident that 
they don't have to worry about routes getting jumped. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. There's no, there's no tells in his delivery. I think that's what you're trying to say there, right? And, you know, all the other stuff, he's shown, he's shown me he's got the ability to do some of that sidearm stuff and change his platform and do all of that. Yeah, but, you know, right now, again, if we went back and watched Mahomes in college, it was few and far between when he was doing that, right? So... This is, again, now these guys start to become more and more of a machine like you're talking about. They start to go, wait, I'm, I kind of got the you know steps one and two down. Let me move to step three and four. Let me get a little sidearm. You know, let me do it off my back leg and, and drop it three quarters. You know, so that's where you'll start to experiment now as you're not, you know, again, you're not worried about school. There's no 20-hour rule. It's just football, 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 coach me, coach me, coach me, football. And, yeah, there's some potential here for this kid. I, I'm, I was very impressed. I really was. And, uh, yeah, the way he threw the football and carried himself, I, I thought was the best in the, the workout by far. You know, pushing the ball down the field. You see that on film at Ohio State. It's a lot of big-time NFL-level type of throws. And I think he's a guy that's kind of just hitting the peak of what he might be. I'm, I'm very excited to dive in on C.J. Stroud. I think there's a lot of potential there. One more quarterback for us to delve into, Will Levis. And every time I see that name, I think, first, he needs a gene sponsorship. And second... How much money would it take to get him to change the pronunciation, a la Joe Thiesman, to Will Levi's? Would he do it? How much would it take? Because every time I see, I see Levi's. I want to say Levi's. Come on, Levi's. It's time to step up. Will Levis, he had a great performance at the scouting combine, too. Between throwing and measurables, a nice blend of of attributes that, that puts him in the mix in round one with these other guys we've been discussing. Yeah, no, I, I think that's what's going to make this round one really exciting is we got four guys here that, you know, possibly top 10, pop, definitely top 15 probably, right? Richardson's kind of the, uh, the, the, the joker there as far as how teams view him and like we talked about, raw but extremely big talent. Le, you know, Will Levis, one, you said it, maybe the look part, other than, than Richardson, he probably beats that better than anybody as far as just the way he looks, size, the way his arms looked, right? Big square shoulders, really kind of old school, prototypical type quarterback, right? So all of that, yes, has a really good arm when you watch him on film. Was not his best showing on Saturday. It was not. There was too many throws like that right there and, just, and ones that missed target where he was a little too worried about let me just comp complete the ball and then didn't kind of get his body in the position that was proper to make some of the like even that right there Let, feet are too stagnant and he had some balls that died out on him that were short so it wasn't his best showing you know especially for a guy who talked about hey I'm going to unleash my cannon unleash my cannon unleash my cannon you know the best cannon I saw was CJ Stroud on Saturday that's all I'm going to say Will Levis I've seen it on film I know he's got a big arm but yeah there was throws for a guy like Will Levis in that workout on Saturday where I go oh he's too good to there's a post corner route to the right he skips it on the ground like there was a few throws like that Mike where you know I think he was maybe um what a, too cool for school during the workout and maybe didn't you know get his body in the right positions all the time Here he is talking about spending time studying Joe Burrow as he prepares for the NFL. Yeah, no, Joe is someone, especially in this offseason, that I focused a lot on. I think this offseason, compared to offseasons in the past, I've really been trying to 
kind of perfect the movement leading up to the throw. I think that when I make some inaccurate, inaccurate passes, it's due to kind of how I'm initiating the movement leading into it. A lot of the times I can get away with it because of how uh, talented of an arm I have. But Joe, I think, does better than anyone else in terms of movement in the pocket. Not the fastest guy, but he's just able to move so efficiently to put himself in a stable base to make efficient throws. And I've uh, been watching a lot of film on him this past offseason. Yeah, there you have him. Mike. Oh, humility. Humility. How talented of an arm I have. I mean, there is something there. There is a little edge. And now that edge, that edge can become moxie, as we like to say. So I don't, I don't discourage having that edge. You just got to harness it the right way because there's a point where it comes off as cocky. Yeah. You don't want to be right. cocky. You want to have moxie. There's a sweet spot there. Joe Burrow has perfected it. Yeah. I mean, really, he has. Right. Um, and so maybe that's also what Will Levis should be studying while he's sitting around in his Levi's. Yeah, well, yeah, right. It, it's uh, Mahomes has perfected it. Burroughs perfected it. Right. You know, they they have that way where yeah, there's there's a a cockiness, but it's not in your face. Right. It's the phrase I always use is a humble cockiness. You could tell they're extremely confident in themselves, but they don't have to tell you how great they are. You know, you know how great they are because you watch them and you go, damn, this guy's good and he knows it, but he's not going to have to tell us a whole lot. You know, Levis is right. He does have a, it's, it's a really damn good arm. It's, it's a special arm. And when you watch him, you know, at Kentucky, I mean, it's a lot of big time NFL in the pocket, people around him, you know, hitting him under pressure. So you get to see that. You get to see a an NFL type quarterback where you go, oh, he got he had to play in the pocket and you know hang in there against Georgia's pass rush and just get you know walloped one at one throw after another. So uh, those are the exciting things. But Mike, he explained. I didn't even know we were going to play that clip. I didn't know he explained his problem. His problem showed during the combine. I mean, this is what he said. And if we can play those clips again, right? That's what he's talking about. He relies on his arm. He lets his feet get too flat at times to where he just throws with his, you know, upper body in his arm instead of getting his legs and feet going in the right direction and getting his power underneath them. You know, that one's not bad, right? I'd still like to see more aggressive. But then we had a few other angles where, yeah, it's it's uh, not as aggressive as you need to be to put the ball where you want. Even there, stepping in the bucket a little bit, that's why the ball's low. But here, even this, you know, Joe Burrow wouldn't sit here and go, wait, I'm going to stand there and then take a little bit of a hitch step and then stand there again and step into the throw, right? And I think that's what led to some of his inaccuracies in this and something he'll have to work on. It's not a hard fix, but you just got to get on it and he can fix it because he's a good athlete. Well, and again, anything you do to alter the way you've always played the game. It's late in your career, relatively speaking, to be making the changes that you'll be consciously thinking about because once you go out there and play, you're not going to consciously think about it. So you need reps and reps and reps and reps and reps and reps and reps to the point where it becomes second nature to do all those things because once you're thrown out there into the middle of it, you're going to yeah, revert you can't to think what of you've that always stuff. done. Right. That's the risk. Right. No, that's yeah. exactly so, right. You got to. So work it's going to it. take a lot of work, right? It's going to take a lot of work. Yeah, it's it's going to take a lot of work, and those are things that you know he'll get to an NFL team and hey, push up with the pocket when you hit your last foot in the drop, push up, right? Get your back leg underneath you, and he'll start to get that ingrained into his brain slowly but surely. All these guys will have little things that are going to get picked apart, and they're going to have to fix here. But uh, yeah, it was not his best showing throwing the football. 
You know, we saw Richardson work out wow factor, made a few throws where you went, whoa, oh my gosh, that's unbelievable, and that looked really easy, and he missed a few throws. And then, you know, like we talked about, C.J. Stroud, he was, the, to me, the, the winner of the throwing part. There's no doubt about that. He was the most impressive, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to break these guys down, but it looks like we got a good class, and we're not even hitting on a few other guys that are down the line that I thought were real damn good, too. So uh, we'll have plenty to talk about with these quarterbacks over the next month, Mike. So to summarize, we've talked about Bryce Young, we've talked about Anthony Richardson, we've talked about C.J. Stroud, and we've talked about Will Levis. And in 2018, just five years ago, it was Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. Two of those guys are due to become free agents. One is just kind of floating around in the ether. One has his long-term contract. And the last guy taken in round one five years ago, Lamar Jackson, headed for the franchise tag. We're going to take a break. When we return, where things stand is we're one day away from the tag deadline, both for Lamar Jackson and for 2019 first-rounder Daniel Jones. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. 